Hey, this is Kevin Rowe. Welcome back to Community Chat after our month-long break. On this episode, I'm excited to share an incredible ministry with you that is spreading the gospel literally around the world. That ministry is Trans World Radio, also known as TWR. I was introduced to TWR when I pastored River Oaks Baptist Church in the Fort Worth area. The church was supporting a family who was serving with TWR. As I got to hear about this ministry, I was amazed to think of its impact around the world. When I began pastoring at North Point Baptist Church in Arlington in 2014, I met today's guest, Rachel Melhoff. Rachel had grown up in North Point and was in the process of raising support to serve with TWR in Singapore. Rachel ended up serving in Singapore for three years before moving to Cary, North Carolina, where she now serves as the marketing manager for TWR Motion. TWR Motion focuses on creating videos that connect people with Jesus. Among other resources, Motion has created a video series geared towards Muslims and is now working on a project geared towards Buddhists. I hope this episode gives you a glimpse of this incredible ministry, and if you're interested in supporting TWR, TWR Motion, or Rachel specifically, check out the show notes to find out how you can do that. And with that, let's dive in to episode 24. Well, Rachel, it has been great getting a chance to catch up today, and so I really appreciate you taking the time to come on with us, and um, just exciting about this, excited about this conversation. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for taking the time to chat. Oh, yeah, definitely. So why don't you talk about uh, TWR, or Trans World Radio, and just tell us a little bit about it, and then we'll get into your connection to them and kind of your story with them. Okay, so TWR, as you mentioned, Trans World Radio is a radio ministry. We're global. Um so radio is our main form of media that we use to reach people with the gospel, especially in hard to reach areas. But we've also expanded into other types of media like video. And so we just want to share the gospel with people where they are. And they're often on some type of device. Yep. Well, and it, what's really something, and, and you know this from when we got a chance to to meet early on in our time at North Point, um, was that I was familiar with TWR when I met you. And found out that you were in the process of raising support and everything to to go do TWR because we'd had a family at a church I'd pastored over on the west side of Fort Worth that had been missionaries for TWR. So like I'd heard about this incredible ministry and knew a little bit about them, but didn't know them nearly as well as we've gotten to know each other. And so, but just this incredible ministry that gets to be a part of getting the gospel into places that people can't necessarily go and spread the gospel in person. So yeah. it's an incredible thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, I worked for a newspaper beforehand, so I understood media, but I had never thought about it in context of the gospel until I heard about uh, TWR. So yeah, it is, it is pretty crazy. The opportunity that we have, especially just in the modern world with media. I mean, even right now, you know, we're using media. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you talk about what drew you to TWR specifically? Um, I think it was just that, like the power of media to share the gospel. <clears throat> and even um, the fact that media can reach beyond you know, geographic and political barriers. So it can reach into places uh, where the gospel or where missionaries maybe cannot always go. I mean, think of places like North Korea, uh, we can get the radio in there, but we can't necessarily send people in. And so there's just a power to media um, and we're able to reach those harder to reach places. Yep. Well, I know for you, you felt this calling and the desire to be a part of TWR, but it was, it was a bit of a process for you to get to that point of being able to actually jump in and go. Do you want to talk about a little bit of what that looked like and 
Uh, maybe for somebody who might say, hey, I'd love to do something like that to, <laughs> to say, here's what you kind of get to look forward to and that it's worthwhile. Yeah, it is worthwhile. I will say I have never thought about doing missions. So shifting into missions was a pretty big like mind shifts thing as well. Um, I worked at a newspaper and had heard about TWR over the radio, but just hadn't really thought about like what that would look like before that. And so I started doing some research, learning about TWR and um, saw that they actually needed journalists in Singapore, which is in Asia. And so um, felt called into that and part of being a missionary with TWR is raising support. And so it did take me because Singapore's at the time was the most expensive city mm -hmm. in the world to mm -hmm. live in. Um, it took me about two years to raise support. Um, and I always tell people that I saw, I really saw God in the process of that. Like I definitely wish it had sped up at various points, but I think that there's a reason why, like, um, you know, we see in the Bible, like Jesus is sent out into the wilderness before he starts his ministry. And I feel like raising support is just good preparation, especially before you go overseas. Um, and so, and I even had people who told me they weren't sure I was going to make it through the support <laughs> process. <laughs> and so it was good for them to see that I, not only did I feel called to this, but like, I really, like, it was a true calling that I was dedicated to see it through to the end. Mm -hmm. And so it's good for other people around you, you know, to see like, yes, this isn't just something I woke up one day and decided to do like the Lord really called me into this. And so that's why I've been able to stay the course. Um, and so, yeah, I just say that it is a challenging process, but I think there's so much value in it. And even the fact that we're like sitting here having this conversation is a result of that, you know, we get to stay in touch and I'm connected to churches that I might not otherwise still be connected with after like moving on. And so I'm really grateful for the relationships and the partnerships that have grown out of it. Yeah. And like you said, it definitely made clear that this wasn't just some whim or something, some fleeting thing, but like you were in because you you put in a ton of work. And yeah. like you said, a couple year process for one ended up three years there, correct? Mm -hmm. that... Yep. I spent three years in Singapore and it took two years to raise support. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, talk a little bit about that experience, though. So you go from, you know, growing up here and, and everything to now all of a sudden you're in Singapore. And um, what were maybe some of the really positive things that came out of that or maybe some areas that you feel like you were stretched and, and grew through that experience and just kind of what, like that, what that was like in general? Yeah, I kind of always say I crash landed in Singapore a little bit um, in the best way. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I ended up in Singapore and initially my role was to be writing. So I was um, going to like share about what was happening through the listeners who were listening to the radio programs, specifically in Asia, um, because the Singapore office is essentially a hub mm -hmm. for the entire Asia region. And so a lot of different things are happening there to support ministry throughout the region. And so... Um, that's what I initially went for. And about two months in, um, I was asked to take on a leadership role to lead the marketing team because the guy who I was working under at the time, he was moving up to be director over the office. And mm -hmm. so they were like, well, would you consider leading the marketing team? And I was like, well, I've literally been here 2.5 seconds. So is there somebody else who could do this? Um, cause I'm new to the culture and, um, the Singapore team is mostly Singaporean. So mm -hmm. I was one of the, at that time there were three expats, but two 
the two, the couple that was there, they left. And so I was the only expat after that. And so it's definitely like your full immersion into the culture mm-hmm. and um, being asked to lead within a culture that you don't even understand yet. So I was like, if there's literally nobody else, I'll do it. And apparently there wasn't. <laughs> so I was a little bit dazed for several months as I figured out, you know, A, how to lead a marketing team, because I was also new to that. And then also, um, you know, what did, what did it look like to live in Singapore? Um, I don't even know if I was like living in my own house at that point. I think mm. I was still looking for like where I was living. So it was just a lot of transition early on. Um, but I definitely saw the Lord work in that. I think mm-hmm. he uses those experiences sometimes to grow us in areas that we might not otherwise put ourselves in positions to grow in. And so I'm grateful for the season for that, but it was definitely stretching. Yeah. So what, what did that look like for you getting to, to know a new culture and to start, you know, finding a church and, and, you know, and connecting and building relationships and things like that. What, what was that process like for you? Um, well, I'm really grateful for the culture that I went into because Singaporeans are very welcoming. They're very hospitable. There's a lot of like, they're just like big on community and all of that. And so I felt very welcomed in and, um, they definitely wanted me to feel at home. And then, I stayed for the first few months, I stayed with um, an American couple who was there. And I think that was helpful as well, because they could kind of show me around from mm-hmm. a Western perspective. And um, the church I ended up going to there is actually the church that they went to that just felt mm-hmm. like a natural fit for me. Um, though, it again, all Singaporean church, it wasn't like it was like an international congregation or anything. Um, I will say Singaporeans speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not so much of a language barrier they speak kind of a singlish which is a mix of all sorts of different languages yeah in the region. um so there's not the language barrier which is nice uh and so but yeah i think having that helped settle you know start to find a church and all that stuff so i chose a church pretty early on mm-hmm. um, which i think was good so that i didn't just jump around for a while yeah so you're there, you end up spending three years there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know as you're, you, that was the commitment was to do a three year time there as you're moving towards the end of that time. And you're, you're praying through and kind of wrestling through what the next step looks like. How did you really make the determination then that that was the time to come home and then talk a little bit about what coming home meant, especially in your connection to TWR. So, yeah, so I, I actually had a work pass to stay. So my work pass was initially for two years. So I had to renew it. Mm -hmm. And when we renewed it uh, two years in, I still had a year to go, but they decided, you know, we'll just renew for the max weekend. So I technically had a work visa that would have given me five more years. Mm -hmm. So I had the option to stay, um, though I did need to come back on furlough, which is what you Mm -hmm. do as a missionary to just make sure that your support is where it needs to be. And so I'd had a drop off in support for various reasons. And so I would have definitely needed to come back to, to mm-hmm. do some support raising anyway. So it was kind of like, and I didn't know what that process would look like. And so that was some of the consideration, but also um, I'd been able to travel a bit while, you know, with TWR to visit listeners, which is a really cool experience to see like, you know, the fruit of the ministry that you're working with. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most eye-opening thing well too was I went out to um, Inner Mongolia in China it's like the most northern part mm-hmm. and a lot of people there are they live out in grasslands and they're pretty remote 
And so um, a colleague and I went and stayed because we were trying to set, they were trying to get a program out in the Mongolian language there. Mm-hmm. And so we were meeting with local people to test the program and that sort of thing. And we went out and we actually stayed in a yurt with a family there, which was a really cool oh, yeah. and unique experience. But um, the only reason that they had electricity was for their cell phones. Wow. Um, everything else that they did in their lives, they didn't need electricity for. And I will say like, you know, I had a local SIM card as well. And I had like some of the best internet out there in like the grasslands, <laughs> which is crazy to me. So that was like, well, like, you know, radio is still very valuable. And like, there's so many places that it can reach into, but cell phones are also everywhere. Mm-hmm. And even in developing countries, like people are prioritizing having cell phones. Mm-hmm. So like I went to Nepal and um, yeah, I mean, I went to an area that had been um, devastated by an earthquake and mm-hmm. like people there still had cell phones and like access to internet. And so I think the more I learned about that um, and at, at the same time, TWR was starting a new ministry called Motion mm-hmm. and Mo- the ministry of motion is to make videos for church planners so that they that they can use as part of like a social media strategy to mm-hmm. find people who are spiritually seeking and connect them to truth. And so I was like, okay, well, if everyone has cell phones, even in developing places and church planners need videos, then like that just feels like a really natural place to be. Yeah. And so even though my heart is still very much in Asia, I just have a heart for Asia, but I think it's just so strategic at this mm-hmm. point to use video and social media for the gospel. And so that's what brought me back to the U.S. is Motion is based out of our U.S. office um, in North Carolina. And so I decided that, um, yeah, you know, with with some of the financial stuff I was weighing, as well as just how strategic video is, like mm-hmm. it just felt like a natural place to be. And I knew I still wanted to be in ministry. And so. Um, yeah, I just felt like the Lord was calling me through various circumstances back to the U.S., but specifically to work with that part of the ministry. Okay. So real quick, we'll come back to motion in just a second, but I, I kind of feel like we haven't necessarily fleshed out TWR's overall strategy with using radio. I know we kind of talked about it can get broadcast, but the strategy that's being involved with, okay, we're, we're going to broadcast this in, but then what happens? What are What are we hoping to see happen Kind of what's okay. our plan from there. Yeah, that's helpful. Okay. So to me, one of the strengths of TWR is that we have people on the ground all over the world where mm. possible. I mean, there are some countries where it's just really challenging to have local people on the ground. But that's the thing. We're working with local people in the country where mm-hmm. we're serving. And so they're the ones who are doing the follow-up work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where possible, we try to be on FM stations because that's the clearest signal. Yeah. So there's three types of radio, uh, waves, mm-hmm. there's short wave, medium wave, and then FM. And most of us are probably most familiar with FM. It's what you turn on when you listen to your car, yeah. although AM is medium wave. So you may also listen to that. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, so where possible, we want to be on FM. And so usually in those places, there's always local teams on the ground who are able to follow up near those radio Mm -hmm. stations. And we want to get people connected into the local church. And often our local partners are even pastors themselves. So they might be Mm -hmm. doing this as well as pastoring a church. And so it'd be natural for them to bring people into the church. Um, And so where where it gets a little more challenging to have that follow-up network is places like North Korea or Mm -hmm. things like that. 
you know, even now in Ukraine, we're seeing like it's harder to be on the radio there. It's harder to do follow up just because of the war happening. So yeah. there are there are circumstances, but we still want to broadcast into those places. And we want to think about, you know, what is the needs of the people there? So mm-hmm. um, some some of our programs are gospel presentations like we want to like just share about Jesus or, you know, if we need to do like if there needs to be discipleship, we have discipleship on the air programs. We have children's programs and we have women's programs like there's all sorts of different kinds of programs based on the needs of the people. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the TWR part of it. Mm-hmm. And we try to be strategic, like even if we can't be in the country, say on an FM station, then we would broadcast from a shortwave transmitter that can broadcast further and it might be outside the country. Yeah. So that's where I know, like, I guess you've got several of these key strategic locations that are able to break into, again, some of those countries where you you couldn't necessarily have somebody on the ground Mm -hmm. or officially have somebody on the ground at least there. So, right. Which again is one of the things that I love about this ministry is the thought that the gospel is literally getting spread to all these places where again, you can't just send a missionary in, but the word of God can still go and God can still use that to, to reach people. So, well, there's just some crazy stories about how like radio just reaches people at the right time. Like it's definitely the work of the Holy spirit. Yeah. And then radio is just coming in at the right time. Like, um, there was a guy in Colombia who was part of a drug, like he was, um, drug cartel. Yeah. Drug cartel. He was, well, he was like the guy planting and growing the drugs and like mm-hmm. making sure that they had them. And he happened to just, he got a Bible and started reading it. And then one day, like none of his men were around who are usually around to like help him and mm-hmm. he was injured. And so he was like, well, what do these guys have? And he found a radio and then he, he heard a message from the you know Bible he'd just been reading and was, it changed his life. The guy was wow. like, do you want to, you know, give your life to Jesus, you know, then pray with us. And so he did. And then he ministered to all of his, like the guys who were working under him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them left the drug industry and are now pastors. Like it was crazy. The transformation that happened. Um, so yeah. And you even see in areas like, I guess one of my favorite examples is Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think of it, you know, as a very developed country. And so you think, okay, it'd probably be easy to get like on radio stations or something, but it wasn't actually until the tsunami hit Mm. that we were able to get on local FM stations. And it's been crazy to watch what God is doing there since we've been able to get on. So we started with a counseling program, like a heart care program for Mm -hmm. people who had, you know, been through the tsunami. And now we're like preaching the gospel over the radio there. And it's just, they don't have Christian radio stations. So it's really just Mm -hmm. general radio stations and we're pointing people to local churches. And so it's just really cool the way that God kind of overcomes these barriers and that we can use media to get in there. Yeah. I mean, the promise is, he says, if my word goes out, it will not return void. Right. Yeah. So y'all are perfect example. (laughs) Yeah. So now let's talk about as you've transitioned into motion, talk a little bit more about, I mean, you said you're resourcing in a lot of cases, church planners and things like that, but love to hear a little bit more about motion as a whole, about your role, and then certainly about the the new project that's going on right now. Yeah. So, so motion was really born out of a need of church planners. There was some church planners in North Africa, um, working with the ministry of pioneers and they were, some crazy things happened. Um, the Arab Spring happened and the mm-hmm. internet was 
live again and they mm-hmm. had been restricted before that and now all of a sudden the internet's live again and they're like okay we need um we need videos that we can put online that will start sharing gospel truth but they weren't content creators they didn't know how to create videos and they didn't know what that should look like they had these story sets which is a common term um in like so oral oral storytelling is part mm-hmm. of um just ministering to a lot of cultures because a lot a lot of cultures are oral oral. So even if they have a Bible in their language, they still might, it might be more natural to, mm-hmm. to tell the stories orally. And so there are these story sets that existed and they just wanted to create videos out of them. And so they started checking in with different organizations and, um, they had just launched motion within TWR. And so someone was like, Hey, have you talked to TWR? And they're like, she was the lady who was over. It was like, isn't that a radio ministry? Like, <laughs> what are they doing with video? And so she contacted them and that ended up being our first project, Share the Story, which is a uh, 20 episode Bible story series. It literally tells the creation to cross um, mm. series and it's created with a Muslim audience in mind. Yeah. And so we start with the shared like Old Testament history of the prophets and then, but pointing to Jesus. Yeah. And then we get all the way to Jesus and that, you know, he's like the true sacrifice. And so, yeah, we created that alongside them. It did a lot of testing, made sure that it was um, something that would really speak to the culture. And mm-hmm. so that was, I think that was completed in 2000, at the end of 2017. And so since then it started in one language and now it's in like 10 languages. Plus we have 10 more <laughs> requests, yeah. if not more in the works. And so people are just really engaging with it and have found it to be a very valuable tool because it's just Bible stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really short. They're about four minutes. So you can put those online or, you know, sometimes church planners will use chat bots, mm-hmm. which is like those little messages that pop up on a website or something, you know? And so they can start like engaging with them that way. Um, but yeah, what church planners are finding is that media is a great place to find people already on a spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. So people who are already asking questions, they can start to give them like media about those things and engage them. And then the goal is to get offline into face-to-face discipleship relationships. Yeah. Um, one great example is in Bosnia. There's a church planning team there. They, they've been in the country more than 10 years. And I think <laughs> during the first 10 years, they tried anything they could go mm-hmm. farming you know, they did uh, human a lot of humanitarian aid type stuff. They were even going to try snail farming. Like they were going to try everything that they could. So they were holding really loosely to everything. And so they try it to see, okay, mm-hmm. can we find people who are open to the gospel? And then they, they heard about what was going on in North Africa and they were like, oh, we should try that. Let's try social media and see what happens. And uh, they were going to run a 30 day campaign but by day 20, they couldn't keep up with the amount of people that were coming in. And oh, so they wow. had to shut down the campaign. And so what they say is, yeah, in the first 20 days of doing media, they got more engagement with spiritually open people than they had in the first 10 years combined, Wow, which is crazy. And so like it works. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the power of what we're doing. And, um, you know, the church planners aren't necessarily content creators. They mm-hmm. are they, you know, not that they can't, they do that somewhat, but what we can come alongside them to do is create these more in-depth like mm-hmm. Bible stories. And we choose animation because it's, um, 
easy to adapt into yeah. new languages as, as you know, like if we're going to have like 20 languages for one series alone. So yeah, so that's been the power of, and the strategy behind what we do at motion. Mm-hmm. So what is your role specifically in that? So I work on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just help uh, share about what Bear Motion is doing. Um, I engage with our donors because we also raise funds for our ministry as well as our individual support. Mm-hmm. And um, I also try to, well, I don't try to, I also <laughs> help raise funds for projects. Like we just launched a um, project to do animated Bible stories for Buddhists. Mm-hmm. So we had to raise quite a bit of money for that. And so I helped write grant proposals and that sort of thing. So I really see myself as enabling ministry yeah. in that way. Um, and the verse that God gave me when I first started, cause you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, like missions is church planners and these types of roles. Um, but the verse God gave me was John 21, 25, which says there are many other things that Jesus did. Um, and if, if they had been written down, the world couldn't contain uh, mm-hmm. the stories of what Jesus had done during his time on earth. And I think that's still true today. And so I like my passion behind all of this is to share like what the Lord is doing and how he's at work specifically through media. And when you think about it again, like you said, the church planners, they could sidetrack everything they're doing. They could put a lot of time and energy into that and come up with a product that isn't going to be as good as what y'all are able to come up with, but that be consume all of their time, all of their energy, but y'all as an organization being able to put out very, very good quality, mm-hmm. you you understand you understand what you're trying to do with it, the most effective way to be able to present it and, and put all that together to resource so many churches in so many places and, mm-hmm. and, and enable that. And really the role that you're in is empowering all of that happening. So it's it's a very important one for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and and again, to know that you're a part of what God is doing literally around the world mm-hmm. and such an awesome thing to think about that. And um, again, that God's able to use you and your gifts and going back to um, your interest in journalism and media and all that from, from years before to, yeah. to seeing what God's using, how God's using you now. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think about like, just that I, like, I probably wouldn't have applied to join TWR if they hadn't had a position for a journalist. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that was a thing. And so I think that's what I appreciate about TWR is like, we see that it takes all sorts of different, um, you know, giftings in order to get the gospel out there. Like I still think person to person discipleship is really important and Mm -hmm. we, we all need to share the gospel. But I also think that when it comes to the global mission like we can use what we have if we're illustrators we can do that if we're animators mm-hmm. or engineers like TWR has a lot of engineers and so there's just a lot of opportunity within missions to mm-hmm. be a part of you know the great commission yeah so do you mind just kind of talking us through you mentioned the the product the the project y'all are currently working on uh, that's geared more towards Buddhists kind of talk us through what this what the process looks like on a project like that because again it's not a just Hey, 30 days, we put this thing together, but instead it's like a couple year project. So do you mind just kind of sharing about that to give some insight on that? Yeah. So, um, there's a church planning team in Thailand who saw our series share the story, which was created with a Muslim audience in mind. And, 
Um, they said, we love what you guys did, but that won't work in our context. Like some of the sacrificial themes and cause we lean a lot into sacrifice and yeah. share the story because that's something that Muslims can connect with. But in a Buddhist context, that's a little bit more like, mm, what are we, what are we watching here? You know? So, um, they said, we want to do something similar. We want to create Bible stories, but more focused on stories from the Bible that would connect with Buddhists, which is just the really cool thing about the Bible is that mm-hmm. there's something for everybody, like, right. The gospel is for everybody. And so we, we decided, yeah, we'll take on this project and we'll, they'll, they'll pick like the church planning team will pick 20 stories. Mm-hmm. Um, that we then illustrate and animate. And so they've done that. And we're leaning more into the stories of Jesus as a powerful spirit, like a powerful being. Mm-hmm. Um, so like stories of uh, casting out demons and healing people and those types of things. And we're filling in some of the Old Testament stuff, but not as much as we did yeah. for share the story. Um, and because we want to show, you know, Jesus is of being powerful enough to come overcome evil karma and all of those things that mm. Buddhists are really wrestling with in their worldview. Yeah. And we'll also redo the art and the music. And we'll, we really want it to connect with a Southeast Asian audience. Mm. And so what we'll, the first language we'll do is in Thai. And then we're also one of the unique things for this project that we haven't done in the past because we just know a lot more now is that we're going to try to launch in five languages, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. So when this launches, we'll hopefully be able to launch in multiple countries. Um, whereas the first time we we did it, it was just one country and then we started expanding into yeah. new countries. Um, but yeah, so we went to Thailand, we visited the team and now we're, we're now that we're back, we're working on like, what does it look like visually? And, um, their team is finalizing the stories. And so Mm -hmm. they'll record the voiceover and then we'll start putting it all together. But it takes, yeah, it takes, it's going to take us about two years Mm -hmm. just because of how long it takes to illustrate and animate. Um, I did a project where I was animating or like, yeah, I was animating something really short. I think it was like a 30 second thing. took me six hours. Oh, wow. So like, that's what we, when we're talking about animation, just seconds can take hours of work. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's a long process, but the beauty of it is, as I mentioned, we're going to launch in five languages. So animation gives us this opportunity to have multiple languages. So, yeah, so essentially we'll we've chosen the stories. We'll do the illustration. Then we'll make it move, which is the animation part. Mm -hmm. Then we'll go in and add. We work with a composer. He'll add the music. Then we do sound design and then we, you know, wrap everything up and we'll send it on to the team. So just all takes a little bit of time. Yeah. And you mentioned, well, and like the fundraising part, even at the very beginning of the project to to have the resources to even be able to do it. Yeah. We spent about a year. So one of our um, values in motion is like, we, we want to keep these projects low to no cost to our church planners. And so Mm -hmm. we do a lot of the fundraising for the projects. Um, And so, yeah, I think we spent about a year raising funds for the project before we actually kicked it off. And that worked out because we were still working on another project, but yeah. it just gave us that opportunity to do it. Yeah. So there's always that little bit of it. But that's, again, it's, we hope that adds value to what the church planners are doing, that they don't have to, mm. you know, raise all these funds for the project. Yeah. All right. So um, how much does a project like this cost? Because, again, I think that's kind of an interesting thing to to know, and again, as in a minute, we're going to talk about like if somebody wants to help support y'all to, to kind of know what's involved in something like this. Yeah. So um, 
for this project, we raised about $268,000. And that was actually one of the, this is like probably the biggest project we've done. We've decided to dream a little bit and have Mm -hmm. faith that the Lord would provide. And he did like one of the the ways he provided was we got a hundred thousand dollar grant. And so that helped with a huge chunk of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, our goal is to keep costs low for church planners. And so that's why we do some of the fundraising. Sometimes we share costs with them. Um, mm. but for the most part, we really want to be a blessing to them and to provide what we can at little to no cost. Yeah. And so we're a team of five, uh, well, we're about to add a, another person, so about six, but mm-hmm. still we, there's not very many of us. So we do contract out some work. So that's where some of the fun go, funds go. And um, we're able to keep some of the costs low though, because we each each person on our team raises his or her own support. Um, but one, one stat that kind of helps put this into perspective is uh, we worked with a we're working with a guy who does other projects, mm-hmm. um, not in the, nonprofit world. And I think for a video he did, which was a more intricate animation, he said it was about $60,000 per minute of animation. Wow. And what we figured for this project is we're going to do an entire video for about $13 or $13,000 a video. So animation is quite a bit less. And so that's what we're able to do Mm -hmm. is we're doing it at quite a, a significant low, significantly lower cost. Yeah. Which again is amazing to think about being able to pull that off. Cause that's why when, when I was asking that question, you know, I was thinking, is this millions of dollars for a project like this? And no. the fact you're all are able to do it for, for that kind of a price again, shows what, you know, an investment can go a lot further than people realize in investing in something like this. Well, and even if you think $268,000 is a lot for a project like this, um, the fact is that not only will it reach one people group with the gospel, but we're talking about like significant, like even if you broke it down by how many languages we'll end up putting it in, like yeah. it's getting, you know, that your investment goes so much further mm-hmm. because we are able to adapt it into other languages. And so not only are we going to reach Thai people, but we're probably going to reach the Burmese. And mm-hmm. um, there's a people group in Russia that is Buddhist. And so we're going to put it in the Russian language. And so, and even beyond those five languages, we're going to get requests to put it in other languages. And so just just the opportunity that we have with one series, the initial cost is maybe a little bit larger, but the benefit is just so much greater because we're going to use this series for years. Yeah. So one, is there anything about TWR, about what you're doing, anything that I haven't asked you about that you say, I really would love to share this? Um, I feel like we've covered a, a lot. Um, I I mean, I would just say that, like, really the opportunity with media is significant. Mm-hmm. I think that we're given tools in every generation to share the gospel. And, you know, I, I feel like media is our opportunity. And so mm-hmm. and we're seeing that like the Lord is working through it in just crazy ways. And um, another thing that I like to tell people about what we're doing is, you know, sometimes from a Western context, we think about discipleship as like one person coming to faith or like raising mm-hmm. their hand at church or something like that. Well, we're talking about hard to reach areas, like mm-hmm. places where the gospel is 
just not accepted. It's people are being persecuted for their faith. People are being persecuted even for asking questions that might signify that they are thinking about a faith other than their own. And so mm-hmm. um, we really want to bring groups of people to faith. And mm-hmm. so um, that's how we're, how, that's how like the church planners we partner with are thinking about discipleship, which we think is really strategic. And we're, you know, we want to see that. And so not only is that like, that strengthens the people. Like if you can come to faith in groups, that mm-hmm. strengthens their ability to withstand persecution and remain in their faith. Mm-hmm. And it also helps grow the church faster within those contexts. And yeah. so I think that's another significant aspect of the way that we're using media that I think is so powerful. Mm-hmm. There's a, a podcast that I listen to regularly that talks about the greatest shift in like 500 years, basically what we're seeing right now is on par in some sense to the invention of the printing press, like how much that changed things, what we're able to do now. And especially as you've pointed out with, with the internet and that being available in so many of these places and being able to use these resources through video and all of that, that it's, again, it's, it's hard to, even begin to quantify Mm -hmm. (laughs) what a huge difference that is and that God has put us in this place and put y'all as a ministry at this place at this time to be able to do this. And again, what an incredible thing. So. Well, and I think it's easy to think of like, like when we think of who the unreached people are, Mm -hmm. sometimes I still think in our context, we think of like people in a hut out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's true, but those people, as I mentioned, you know, in the grasslands of Inner Mongolia, they have cell phones. So even if that's where they are, <laughs> yeah. but really the unreached are in your cities. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Japan, we think of it. it I, I think sometimes in the West we think, oh, okay, well, does do, do they really need the gospel? Like they have the resources. Well, they do need the gospel. They're still unreached mm-hmm. um, and they have access to media. So how can we meet them there with that? Yeah. So if somebody wants to support TWR as a ministry, or if you want to say TWR Motion more specifically, or if they want to support you specifically, how can someone do that? Um, You can go to, for TWR Motion, which is the specific part of the ministry, we're kind of a sub-brand, if you Mm -hmm. will, of uh, TWR. We have our own website. You can go to Mm -hmm. twrmotion.org. there's a give button in the corner. We specifically have a something we launched about a year and a half ago is something called The Crew. Mm-hmm. And so we are inviting people to partner with us monthly so that we don't just do project-based funding, but we have ongoing funding to do the video projects that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned, it doesn't cost us a lot because we're all raising our own individual support. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you can join The Crew and you'll get you can also sign up for emails there. I send out an email every other week as mm-hmm. part of my role. And it's just, it's really a short one topic thing, either highlighting a story from a church planner or just giving you behind the scenes, look at what we're doing. Um, I'm actually creating a video series about what we're doing to build the Buddhist series. And so mm-hmm. if you want to see that whole process unfold, we're just getting started. So you could Uh, sign up for my newsletter and you could see how we're building that series, which I think is pretty fun. Um, And then if you want to support me personally, uh, it's twr.org slash Melhoff. And I'll, we'll put that in the show notes. So we'll double check it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's just Melhoff, which is not easy to spell, but yeah, it'll be in the notes. Um, 
but yeah, so yeah, either ways we appreciate your partnership either way. Awesome. Well, and again, it's been exciting to see how God has been working through you in this process for now a number of years and, mm-hmm. um, and to see what that looked like in one stage and what it looks like now in this, and I'd say this new stage, really, you've been in it for a while now, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, but even a new project like the Buddhist project that's coming up right now and, and getting to see that. And, and again, to think that someone from wh- whoever is hearing this, wherever they may be, that they can be a part of supporting something that God is using literally around the world. Yeah. Um, and I know that was, that was always one of our things that we loved about it, you know, as far back as North point mm-hmm. um, and then through the life church days and all that as well. But to think uh, somebody in Arlington, Texas yeah. <laughs> could literally again, be a part of what God's doing around the world. So, yeah. Um, and so it's, it's been exciting to see your journey and to, to, again, to be, get to be a small part of, of that as well. And so um excited for it. We're, we're continuing to pray for you and pray for this incredible ministry that you do. And so yeah. um thank you again for taking the time to share a little bit about it. And hopefully some, some people get, get a chance to catch a vision of what that's about and jump on and get to know more about what y'all are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to check out our website. We have a documentary even that goes in depth on it, but yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your partnership and all this. You really have seen the whole journey unfold. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I hope people mostly are just encouraged by what the Lord is doing. Yeah. And again, because it is amazing to see and amazing to hear about. So thank you again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Community Chat Podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at communitynorthbc.org to find out more information about this podcast or our church. Thanks for listening.